0: Why we're doing this series on uh, economics is really because of 2020. Uh, I see a lot of some of my pastor's friends that are going online on Facebook um, because there's a lot of pressure, uh, you know, like with everyone, you know, Pastors sometimes want to be relevant, that kind of thing, but I feel like once people say things, um, sometimes there's actually really bad economics or even political view and I feel recently there's been a lot because of politics people sneaking in things that um, from the world that might not be the best things, and actually it could be very hurtful okay um, so I know oftentimes you see a lot of churches um, you know they talk about issues like gay marriage and abortion um i felt i probably speak about it the least um compared to most of my friends okay um like fellow peers that graduated from seminary and also because pastor ling um has preached on this a lot but i want to pursue a different angle more of the view of economics because um with with this i think sometimes you see things where people say oh you know what i cannot vote for this party or that party because this party has this kind of view of economics and everything um, but I think it's a better question is to ask, what does the Bible actually teach? Because I feel like um, just even a few week, uh, months ago, when George Floyd passed away, there was a lot of discussion about solutions for things, where some churches could have a very different solution to things um, than another church. You know, one church would, might emphasize the gospel. Um, another one said, oh, we got to be politically active and do a lot of things that are very um, politically progressive. Um, and things like that. So I want to go over this, and I want to begin. Last week we established, uh, I think if, you know, last week was important, because if we say, okay, some people could say, why do this series? You know, our life should be all about the gospel. And I've answered that objection by saying, yes, our life is all about the gospel. However, the Bible also teach that living in this physical world is important. Uh, Living in this physical world is important. That actually a biblical nuanced view is that money is also important. The Bible has a lot to say about our finance also as well. So it's not as if when we talk about the Bible, it's just only pie in the sky and just we're waiting for Jesus' kingdom come only. If we really believe Jesus Christ died for our sins, that will impact how we live in every sphere of our life. And also, the physical is not bad. We've talked about how the physical, of course, we could abuse it. Some people could just only live for materialism. But we also look at the Bible says things like uh, asceticism is bad also. When you say, oh, you know what? I'm not, not going to ever get married and somehow... Not getting married is is equivalent to godliness. Now, some can make individual choice, but you cannot say, okay, everyone should flee from this world physical being. We should not raise families, raise kids. Uh, We should not be working. We should not be buying things. If you buy gifts for someone, it is bad. If you get a toy, it is bad or whatever, all of that, okay? So laying this down, I want to look at Proverbs and capitalism, okay? Uh, Next slide, if you can, Victor. Again, let me say this real quick. This PowerPoint is not fully complete. And this um, I've actually been preparing this all every day um, since last Tuesday. I've been writing a lot of notes by hand from even my own reading of Proverbs. Okay, um, So I want to make this a, uh, observation. This is from Ronald Nash. Um, he made this observation. And this book was written in the early 2000s. He said this, Almost without exception, the major evangelical book about social justice that has appeared since 1960 has been authored by writers who reject and condemn Political conservatism as a cruel, heartless, and uncaring movement, totally out of step with an informed political view. Okay, so what he's trying to say here is that from the 1960s onwards, if you look at a lot of books, especially the very popular books, there's a lot of guys that would say things like, "Oh, you know what? We need to have like policies of um, political economic redistribution of funds, that kind of thing," and saying that, okay, if people hold to, um, uh. A christian conservative view of economics it might be a totally um bad thing and i would actually argue um with this next slide this observation knowing that most of our elites most of those that are like talking heads on tv um do per- say things like you know um this is a certain view we should redistribute money which uh you know is more popular going along with the mainstream of the world right with the media of our um, intellectual elites Which leads to the next question If you can go to the next slide, Victor You guys can still hear me? If you guys could give a thumbs up, here or N. Okay, thank you, Jim. Okay, which leads to two questions Is capitalism As one of the things that Christian conservatives Cherish, is it unbiblical? Okay, I say this because Sometimes you could see people today that say Oh, you know what, if you're a Christian, if you're well-to-do Instantly, you're like a Pharisee Okay Um, Maybe you you see this a lot with our young people In fact, I think when I talk to our young people Oftentimes they come back from college And they come back and tell me all kinds of things that they were taught And I'm just kind of like, whoa, I don't know if it really works in the real world But it also could backfire and hurt everyone else Hurt the poor and also third parties, okay And also a related question to this is Does a free market economics enjoy biblical support, okay Um, Part of being conservative Christian oftentimes is we say, you know uh, capitalism is not perfect, but it's a system that is the better system um, to have people be raised out of poverty than any other system. Okay, um, I actually think the data support that capitalism has helped a lot of people more than any form of economic system there is, whether serfdom or or um, system of you know slave and, and master, um, or even socialism or Marxism or. Or fascism or any other economic system, I think it's actually helped people the most. I think it's empirically verifiable. But tonight I'm not gonna give a history lesson. What I want to look at and say, does the Bible teach it? And I actually think Proverbs established this, okay? So let's go to the next slide. So let me state the purpose of tonight's lesson is today we will or tonight we will explore the teaching in the book of Proverbs. And how the blueprint for economics God offered is one we call capitalism, okay? looking the book of Proverbs. And I think a book of Proverbs is really relevant because the book of Proverbs is about what? If we love God, it should impact how we live in terms of our relations to what? Others, okay? If you struggle reading a book that's practical, that is, that is applied to your life right, right now, right immediately, to your day-to-day life, Proverbs is a good one. It's about relationship. And it's also about what? Work. And it ta- has a lot to talk about what wealth, and it talks a lot about poverty, and 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 even about how do we get riches, and what's the wrong way, and also even the the right way to put um, uh, wealth in also its proper perspective. Okay, so please don't walk away from this and say, oh, you know what, Jimmy's saying, you know, just to be super rich millionaire and that's the only purpose of life. I actually think if you pay attention carefully, I'm gonna be saying that that is not the only thing in life. But we cannot get rid of the weight of system to make uh, a living that we call capitalism and discard it. In fact, I think Proverbs teaches, um, because it is relevant, to, it talks about things that economic. You're going to see that actually it offers a system that is most approximate to what we call capitalism. Okay? To what we call capitalism. Now when I go over this. I know people will probably have so many objections. In their minds that. What if someone says this. What if someone says this. But I, um, just save that. And as we go on. I hope with the series. We might answer. And even maybe perhaps some of it tonight. Okay. You guys can still hear me. Thumbs up. You guys can still hear me. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, so let's go on to the next slide. So before we even defend it. I want to ask. and def- uh, ask What is the definition uh, what is the definition of capitalism of all the books i've looked at there's a lot of biased ones and that, that kind of thing i actually think this is probably the best one okay the definition of capitalism and of course we're going to talk a little bit about this for you know for, for the next three minutes or so okay this is the definition okay it's an ideal market economy market means when you go to a market is not a location although we call place a supermarket okay market is basically um, a process Of exchange of goods with people Okay, let me go on an ideal market this is what capitalism is quote an ideal market economy in which people exchange goods and services in an environment free from coercion that is from it means force okay fraud that is lying and monopoly and status that is what we mean by status is government interference with the exchange process okay with the exchange process okay um, let me read this again. I think this is very, very important. An ideal market economy in which people exchange goods and services in an uh, environment free from coercion, fraud, monopoly, and status interference with the uh, exchange process. Okay? What I mean with all this, let me say this real quick, is I think maybe give a day to day example is this. Um, anyone want to buy anything? Anyone who's looking into buying something recently? If you guys could name an item. Anyone? Want to say an item you know no 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 guilt tripping you could say it's hand soap. hand soap very good thank you mrs bird that's a very relevant one for us today okay so you want a hand soap um is there a wrong way to go get hand soap yeah some of the wrong ways that I'm mentioned here is what let's just say um you want it by force so you bring a hammer a knife and a gun and you go to the store <laughs> And then you say hey give me a hand soap or else is that a is that a God honoring way of getting goods probably not okay Um, or by lying, right you give a fake currency okay Um, or by monopoly what is that is saying okay only one person should be the provider we don't want that because why if only one person provide with no possible option of someone selling it it's gonna get very what you can't have the advantage of what comparing prices right and status interference that is the government saying hey you cannot buy this or you have to set this price or else um maybe on later on when we go in this series we're going to say why that could be a problem and hurt everybody okay so that's an example of like when you go to a store and you buy it or you go online on amazon or whatever you look for that ideally you hopefully have it where there's no force, no fraud, no monopoly, and all this, okay? And no government interference. Let me say this real quick. Some people say, oh, you know what? Um, how come people that believe in capitalism still believe you can still sue people? I would say the interference with the exchange process. That is not interfering with the exchange process, but let's just say someone is lying, right? They say, okay, we're going to sell soap to you, hand soap. But then what they sold you is not hand soap, it's just water. Did they lie to you? And then let's just say you buy a big bulk because you're doing business, you're trying to sell in your store. Let's just say you own a store. And if they make a lie, you, you're no longer having a good exchange of services, good services according to that. You lie, so then you go to court to sue, right? So the court is involved, the government is involved with regulating uh, this, but it's not as if it interferes and say, hey, you must have this price or else, or you must do this, or or you must sell this to this person or else, that kind of thing. Does that make sense? Okay? Um, if, you, if you have government too much government interference, the most extreme version is what? Is what is called communism, right? Marxism, where you say the government says, you know what? They tell how much you could sell. They tell you how much you could um, work to get paid for this. Uh, and they tell you how much you could make and, and all of that, okay? So that interference, I would say, is probably not even fully biblical. And not not to mention it's very hurtful. To people It assumes the government Know everything About everybody Right Okay uh, Let me uh, Go on now To the next slide Victor If you could turn to the next slide Okay So let me talk about Some word about Defining things Because if we Again let me say this Real quick If if, if it sounds like it's going over your head a little bit I think as we go over the Bible You kind of see what I'm talking about But please understand uh, that Jimmy Lee tonight Is not trying to talk about this to be mean To go over people's head It's because I I see this because when I evangelize By the way, um, you guys know I love the gospel I share the gospel When I go to community colleges, evangelize um, Politics gets brought up a lot Because sometimes people say Oh, the reason why I reject Christianity Is because you guys don't support communism. Then I talk about gospel, but as much as I talk about com- uh, gospel, um, it comes back again to, okay, your Bible's view of things. So we have to talk about, that. and I'm defining this because sometimes there's a lot of misrepresentation what Christians believe, or even conservative Christians, okay? By the way, I do believe that there are Christians that don't believe in capitalism that are still Christians, okay? Um, I don't think they're fully biblical, but I don't necessarily doubt their salvation. Does that make sense, what I'm trying to say? Okay? But as Christian, we want to be as biblical as possible. So, some more caveat about the definition of capitalism. I use this term interchangeably free market economics, okay? And also, I think it should not be confused. Capitalism should not be confused with cronyism, okay? Sometimes people say, oh, you know what? Business are very corrupt. Look at them. They use the government um, to get all these fortunes. They're corrupt and give bribery, Okay? Um, what they describe is no longer capitalism is actually cronyism. Okay, capitalism. Remember, is not you're not using the government to force people to buy things or to use the, force the business to what to get rid of your competitor, uh, people that are also trying to sell things. Does that make sense? In a disadvantage, so that's cronyism. But cronyism is not free market economics. Okay, this is a definition of cronyism according to Wikipedia. Okay, is an economic system in which business thrive Not as a result of risk taking right? But rather as a return on money Amassed through a nexus between a business Nexus Mean by that is a process or relations Between a business class and political class This is achieved by using state power rather than competition okay, Does that make sense? Um, for instance, you should say somebody is making a lot of money okay, um, Through the government um, they're selling things to the government. It's exclusive contract. Is that true capitalism? No, there's no competition. Okay, Or they're using the business to say, hey, you know what? Let's get this business to get rid of all these people that's trying to sell the same thing as me because I just want to make more money than everyone else. And if everyone else is trying to sell things, guess what? I have to compete. I have to lower my price. So I'm going to get the government, you know, pay them a little money, and then they go after someone, which is not capitalism is actually cronyism, okay? No one should be confused with fascism, okay? It is a form of government that has a weird relations between government and um, business, okay? Um, An example of fascism is the Nazis, okay? In order to kill all those Jews concentration camp, there was this weird thing where um, businesses and government merge into this weird thing. It's not communism where the government and business is the same. But they are still business people that are not government people. But there's this really strange relationship, usually very militarized, where the business say, "You know what? We'll help you get rid of certain people or do all these bad things if you pay us." Um, so that's, there's that weird relations. Okay. So it is characterized. I'm just going to quote part of it. Uh, Wikipedia is characterized by dictatorial power, forcible suppression of opposition, as well as strong regimentation of society. And the economy, okay, it was basically almost the government's running itself like a corporation, okay. Very prominent. What the 20th century? You think of like Italy, Mus- under Mussolini. You think of Imperial uh, Japan. I think it's a form of that during uh, World War II. And the most notorious one of all is Nazi Germany. Okay, they're running things almost like as a business model in the way they're go- doing government. Okay, um, but with a, an authoritarian streak. So let me stop at this point. Does this make sense what I'm trying to say Um, with this? As Christian, I condemn fascism. We must say cronyism and fascism is wrong. But that's not capitalism per se. Uh, You guys can still hear me? Thumbs up, you guys can still hear me? Thank you so much. Okay. So let's go now to the next slide. Now, thank you, Mrs. Byrne. Um all that might be very hard to say, Well, wow, that's so much words. I think maybe the best way is as we go through the Bible you kinda of see, hey, the Bible says this is not a way you get goods and services. And then you look at the Bible say, Hey, this is what the Bible says, how to get goods and services. Okay? And then afterward, you would go um, and see like, okay, the Bible says in a lot of these good and services, there's actually four kinds of people in the Bible, okay? Because I want to look at four kinds of people the Bible teaches in a biblical economy. Because some people say when they go against capitalism, they say, you know what? Um, it is unbiblical, it, you know, it is wrong. You should never say there's anyone that's poor. If there's anyone that's poor, it's always because um, the, uh, this economy is bad. Okay Or some people say You know what There should be no such thing As rich people It's ungodly It's unbiblical Or it's wrong But the Bible actually teaches There's four kinds of people If you're looking at the PowerPoint Biblically there are what Unvirtuous rich people They're unvirtuous Maybe they're persecuting people um, They're maybe hedonistic Or whatever else Okay But biblically The Bible also teaches There's such thing as Virtuous rich people That is They're righteous Or they're godly And the way they accumulate wealth is also what? Um, Permittable, if not even saying, okay, this is a right way, okay? And there's also, biblically, there are also virtuous poor people, okay? Proverbs does teach us there's people that are what? Um, That are wealthy because they are affluent. Um, And also people, you can't say all poor people are are ungodly. Yeah, at the same time, the fourth category is biblically, there are what? Unvirtuous poor people, okay? We're going to look at that towards the end. But we need to look first at the means of getting goods and services, right? A means of getting goods and services. Um, So we're going to look first at our, so these three points. Point number one is we're going to see biblically, there's biblically prohibited means of acquiring goods and services that demonstrate capitalism, okay? There's a wrong way of getting what? Goods, there's your hand sanitizer that is not biblical and those demonstrate capitalism, also, as well, there's biblical means of acquiring goods and services that do demonstrate capitalism. Okay, So let's go to the next slide. By the way, we're going to come back to this later again, um, Jen, because I didn't, I mean, correction, um, Victor, because I didn't finish the whole PowerPoint presentation. But we do have an outline. Okay, um, Point number one is biblically prohibited means of acquiring goods and services demonstrate capitalism. Okay. Um, before we go on to the next one, think about it for a moment. Let's just say you want something. You really, really want Hannah S- Santa. Hand sanitizer, okay? Anyone else want to say um, maybe another thing you guys really, really want? Let me say, let's just say getting food. What did you say, Abigail Rebecca? A bowl of thread. A bowl of thread? A bowl, of, a bowl of thread, okay? Yeah, okay. Or a cup or a plate. Okay, a plate, okay? Or, so those are what my daughter suggests, okay? Now, is it wrong to get those things or want to get those things? Not in of itself. It's wrong, of course, if you want it above God, right? Um, But how do you get those things in society Um, When you think about it Without capitalism You're going to get all the things the wrong way You'll be very tyrannical And human sinful nature If nature run its course People get things what In all kinds of very unfair and unjust ways Okay, Um, But if it's capitalism If it's really the exchange of goods Voluntarily And there's a spectrum of voluntary too With that Then that means it is what is a peaceful way, okay? I think capitalism is actually a peaceful way of acquiring goods that spared a lot of people, what, not only inefficiency, but also spares from, what, violence and unjust in, injustice happening, okay? Let's go to the next slide. So this is one means of acquiring goods that is condemned by Scripture, which is by coercion or by force, okay? Um, if you guys could turn with me to Proverbs 119. Okay, at this time. Christopher, would you be able to read uh, Proverbs 119 for us? Proverbs 119. Yes. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. Okay. Notice here in Proverbs 119, notice the word violence appears. Okay. Um, It's saying about those that want to get things by violence. Is that approved or disapproved by the Bible? what do you guys think yeah it is uh disapprove right um earlier in verses 18 these are people that are lying wait in ambush right and yet god is saying hey you know what they're one day gonna have their own life taken away also as well okay uh, proverbs three thirty one. could i have um mr burton would you be able to read uh proverbs three thirty one if that's possible if that's okay Proverbs 3.31 yeah Proverbs 3.31 while we wait Caleb would you be able to also read do later not, on Proverbs 3.31 do not envy a man of violence yeah so it's, do not choose any of his ways yeah so this is a very strong condemnation right like hey you shouldn't be jealous or envious in a comparative way of saying hey I want to be like that man he got a lot of wealth but he says, hey, don't choose this way, okay? Do not choose this way, okay? Um, that's not what God say. This is the way of acquiring goods, okay? Um, Caleb, if it's possible, Caleb, would you be able to read the next verse, um, Proverbs 10, 6? And then Victor, if you could later on read Proverbs 13, verse 2. Yeah, so, again, violence is condemned, right? Um, then, Victor, if you can read the next verse. Proverbs 13, 2. <laughs> From the fruit of his mouth, a man eats what is good, but the desire of the treacherous is for violence. Yeah, so again, there's a condemnation, right, of the treacherous being violent. And it's fitting for this theme that this is not a way that God um, allow or commend as a way of acquiring goods and services okay you shouldn't go to someone say hey you better you better um you better be my waiter or else i'll hurt you right is that a good way to exchange that no you say you know what you go over there and say you know i'll give you cash right um for this food for this experience right tip is contingent upon all that and that's what a peaceful way instead of what coercion okay proverbs 16 verse 29 Proverbs 16 verse 29 says a man of violence entices his neighbor and leads him in a way that is not good, okay? We live in a day today, I feel, do you guys feel this? You guys can raise your hand. I feel every day I wake up looking at the news, it's like one senseless violence after another. Um, where it's kind of discouraging. You're like, wow, like really? You know, like this is a way you want to get people aligned with you, right? I just was seen last night um, in D.C., this... You know people are in restaurant and people are going over there and says hey you better support this ideological cause or else you better raise your hand or else right and i was thinking wow even if i support your cause why would i support it if it's used by the means of violence is this the means that we acquire goods and services or get people to agree with you um to be an ally i think that is a wrong way and scripture condemns that very very clearly okay uh, next slide victor Okay. Fraud, what do you mean by that is by lying Okay. Um, does the Bible allow lying as a means of of acquiring uh, riches Like you lie to someone, let's just say you're trading something um, and you lie Is that a good way to um, gain prosperity by fraud? I would say the answer is no Okay. Let's turn real quick to Proverbs 20 verse 17 um, If I could ask, is it possible, Jinn, would you be able to read Proverbs 20 verse 17? Proverbs 20 verse 17 yes. can, can you ask else, I got my hands full right Oh okay now. I'm so sorry I didn't see that Okay um, If I could have uh, Oh man Let me look through the list uh, Mrs. Burton Would you be able to read Proverbs 20 verse 17 Okay Proverbs 20 verse 17 Food gained by deceit Is sweet to a man but afterward, his mouth will be filled with gravel. Yeah. Again, looking at this, it's seen in a negative light. God's Word sees this as a negative light. That when you're to gain a way of living, is by lying. Um, that is problematic, okay? Um, Leanne, if possible, would you be able to read Proverbs 21, verse 6, Leanne? Proverbs 21, verse 6 the getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a snare of death yeah again seen negatively right he's even saying "Hey, this is a pursuit of of death okay again this is not the way you acquire goods it's not by violence nor is it by fraud okay Um, next slide is that it okay actually if you could go if you could go back three slides go backwards sorry this is where i think i finished this slide okay so the rest of the time we're going to be looking at this point okay so this is also where you see this is not the way you acquire riches is by that okay and i would actually even go on and say the way you acquire goods and services is should not be by monopoly and statism too statism or you know using government interference and the way i established that is actually turn with me real quick to proverbs 15 verse 27 okay um, this verse, is, I think, is very important. Rebecca, would you be able to come over and read Proverbs 15, verse 27 for me? Uh, Proverbs 15, verse 27, okay? Proverbs 15:27. If you could come over, Rebecca, right here. Proverbs 15, verse 27, out loud. He who... Pro- prophets... Prophets... Illicitly... You know, illicitly troubles his own... House, but he who hates bribes will live. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, um, notice in verse twenty-seven, a hey, there's a wrong way of getting profit. Okay, um, um, Marmy, by the way, say you did a good job. Okay, um, and notice the second line is most important. It says he who bribes will what? Uh, you know, he who hates bribes will live. Again, it looks down upon bribery. Okay, it looks down. God's word does not see the, a bribery in a good way. Okay. Um, So the way you bribe is often what you might bribe other what business But you also bribe what the government the government to take your cause, okay? Um, I don't have time to establish this um, But I actually think monopoly is only possible you look at history whenever there's government interference involved Okay, the only exception is what they call in the economics local monopoly that is let's just say you're in a small town There's just only one Chinese food restaurant right that's not a true monopoly that's actually a localized and a monopoly in the sense that hey there's not a lot of what business there's not a lot of people that want that so it's just the only one de facto but let's just say there's an increase of people liking Chinese food then it naturally because there's demand and there's money to be made people might make the business to make money out of that but it's not like a true monopoly in the sense that okay there's only one business that's involved and nobody else could enter into the marketplace uh, to do business and to give that good or services. Okay. Um, I think when you look at the history, it's always with government interference. And that's actually prohibited because what bribery is spoken negatively. Okay. Turn with me also as well to Proverbs 17 verse 23. Um, Proverbs 17 verse 23 Abigail would you be able to read for me Proverbs 17 verse 23. My lady would you be able to come over and read this? Okay, Proverbs 17 verse 23 out loud a wicked man receives a bribe from the bosom bosom. to to prevent Pervert. pervert the ways of justice justice okay yeah thank you okay so here we see um in light of this okay um that actually the wrong way is again bribery Kinda of like Proverbs fifteen twenty seven, it's uh shows that bribery... and by the way, Marmie said he did a good job too, okay? Um Proverbs fifteen twenty seven, earlier we see that to give it is a bad thing, but now it's the other end of the business transaction deal of uh bribe, where even receiving it is a bad thing. Okay. This is why one of the reasons why I think biblically from these verses, I actually believe that these means i think by demonstrating the wrong means of acquiring this it already established capitalism even without me going over what scripture positively says okay this is why i do argue for what small business uh, or smaller government i think it is very biblical um because let's just say we become so polarized where we say okay um let's just redistribute the money from the government from this person to another person Okay, from this group of people, let's just say of this ethnicity to another ethnicity for wrong or whatever things done. And it's not done through the means of lawsuit. Okay, um, it's, it's done through political policies. And I think that's problematic because if you do that, then the government, you're going to set up the government as a dynamic to constantly receive what? Bribe. Okay, it's constantly being one. That's how lobbyists form. Okay, um, but if the government is what? Small. With not a lot of money to hand out, then I think there's less incentive for people to get that little bit of cash. This is where I think it is biblical to have a something what we come to, something close to what is called a conservative government. Okay, because once you have a government where it becomes everyone wants a piece of the pie from the government, then it's a constant. I think a state of what factionalism right constant state of like you want your own interests, you go to government and you're fighting and it, it actually splits our country up um using the government as a force to say okay i want this or that okay um and i actually think it is very unbiblical it actually divides people the fruit of that i think has never been good um you look at it, it just in terms of world economics um anywhere in any place it the fruit of that is always very very bad okay because now everyone Feels slighted when the government helps a little bit, it's never going to help fully fair because there's always going to be some third party that gets hurt. And then now you see it becomes even so much more political. And I think all of us agree 2020, everything is so partisan, right? You can't even write something on Facebook without someone deconstructing and say, oh, look, behind it is, I don't know, um, racism or, or white privilege or stuff like that. And I think in the politicalization of the, our era, this is where we need to get away from that and actually uh how much even more so we should get away with that when it becomes what a government interference with people what doing goods and services okay so i hope you guys kind of see that there is a government just uh, a biblical justification for why um i hold to a view uh with that um it doesn't hurt for the long it actually hurts people everybody in the long run okay um, let's go on now to the next point biblical means of acquiring goods and services demonstrate capitalism okay um hard work um, is it is a biblical teaching okay to work hard generally is a, a good means of requiring prosperity okay it is uh one mean okay now hard work is not the only thing that is there okay there must be other things for instance um that's involved maybe even uh, information right skill sets that kind of thing, but it is definitely one mean okay in fact I think statistically it's shown um, anyone that works more the more hours you work, the more money you make money all across the board okay um, whether you're the lower quadrant of the uh, of our us economy or the upper quadrant anyone within the same quadrant that is the lower twenty five percent let's just say of of our country's uh um what do you call. It? Financial income When you look at that Lower 20, uh, 25% who Even the lowest one Those that work more hours Are going to be what? Going to be Naturally as a rule of law um, Economic rule Is going to make more money Than someone that works less hour Okay um, Same thing also as well If you look at the next quadrant Let's just say The next lower 25% Right Same thing also as well In terms of those And vice versa Those with the upper And low, all that Okay And it is biblical to work hard, okay? Turn with me real quick to Proverbs ten four. Proverbs ten four. If I could have someone read that, um, Ben Wartz, would you be able to read out loud Proverbs ten four for me so I could catch my breath and drink water? Uh oh, answer would you be able to get water? I'm sorry. Proverbs ten four. Ben Wartz. Uh, Central, Lazy make a plan for a diligent bring wealth. yeah so again we see right that uh wealth involves what part of that is you know there is the need for diligence okay um with that again there's also other verses okay let me make it clear the other verses also say wealth is not the only thing and wealth is also temporary like proverbs twenty seven verse twenty three okay but nevertheless you do see that um, wealth generally as a rule of thumb, hard work does that too. By the way, that's true in life in any area of, of uh, area. If you put more time and effort in something, you're gonna do something better, okay? Um, even with school, you know, um, even people that the studies have been done, people that put more hours to their homework are gonna get more better grades. Now, that doesn't mean everyone learns the same, some people learn very smart. And they get their homework done fast Some people probably like me Take a long time I take a long time Finishing my homework I translate my Greek and Hebrew is about at a rate of an hour um, Per verse Okay um, a Go ahead it, also, it, it depends on ability as well Like people's abilities vary as well so, Yeah like, yeah, there, yeah So there's a lot of um, There's a lot of factor Okay There's a lot of factor But in general as a rule of thumb Hard work Even for those that struggle the more hours they put in their homework, the more there is a correlation. Even from studies, the more hours they put, the more they do more better in terms of outcome, even with school. Even if it takes them a little bit longer. Okay, so hard work. Um, I mean, there's many verses. Okay, I'm gonna list them now for the sake of time for the other point. Okay, Proverbs 21 verse 5. If for those taking notes, I'm not gonna look at all these. Okay, Proverbs 21 verse 5. Proverbs 21 verse 5. Proverbs 28 verse 19. Proverbs 28 verse 19. Proverbs 28 verse 19 Um, Proverbs 12 verse 11 Proverbs 12 verse 11 And Proverbs 12 verse 14 Proverbs 12 verse 14, okay Again, there's so many verses uh, I'm not going to look at this I think it's easy Um, You might say, Jimmy, why is it out of order? It's because it's literally what I've been doing Is I just read straight to the book of Proverbs And just start correlating right down Hey, what are verses that have implications for economics And start making an outline from that, okay um also by the way, uh the Bible also teaches that there's laziness does bring about poverty, okay? Um the one verse that we can look at is Proverbs twenty-four verse thirty to thirty-four. Okay? Proverbs twenty-four verses thirty to thirty-four. Proverbs twenty-four verses thirty to thirty-four. Uh, I passed by the field of the sluggard, and by the vineyard of the man lacking sense. And behold, it was completely overgrown with thistles. Its surface was covered with nettles. I can't pronounce that word. Yes. What is it? Nettles, okay? And its stone wall was broken. When I saw, I reflected upon it. I look and receive instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding the hand to rest. There your poverty will come as a robber. And, you and your want like an armed man, okay? Basically saying your needs is coming to you. Almost like, what? Holding you hijacked, okay? And... You know There's other verses Again let me I'm gonna jump the gun a little bit There's other verses that also say There is such thing as a virtuous poor Because maybe of oppression Or because of You know um, Certain ability Or handicap um, But as a general rule of thumb This is a, a this illustration of someone That's what Probably capable But is impoverished Because he is what Not putting the work Okay um, Not putting I mean he This man If you look at this This man has Has been given capital Of what Capital basically means Resources that's able to make what? Living and goods and services for others Okay This guy has property I mean he, he's not keeping it up And therefore he's one that's now what? Impoverished Okay Also I think scripture shows In general rule of thumb Acquiring wealth takes time Okay uh, You know Acquiring wealth takes time Acquire wealth takes time Generally as a rule of thumb Right Okay um, you guys could turn with me in Proverbs 13 verse 11 um, Eric Is your computer able to For you to read out loud If not You could just say no Okay Proverbs 13 verse 11 Proverbs 13 verse 11 Again Proverbs 13 verse 11 Well obtained fraud dwindles but the one who gathers by labor increases it yeah okay thank you so much okay um, here we see uh, uh, oh man I think I got the wrong one okay thank you. you you know so you see by the way we definitely see here that acquiring wealth in of itself is not sinful right um, but the means is very important uh, one of the means of acquiring wealth is over time right usually through the means of saving Okay, turn with me real quick to, huh? Oh, verse 4? 13, verse 4? Uh, n- n- no, okay. Actually, another, turn with me to Proverbs 20, verse 21. Verse 11, verse 11, In uh, yes, he says, Well, be hastily with little, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Yes, okay, good, okay. Thank you so much. Um, yeah is by gaining little by little okay um over time okay um i I feel for me just reading biographies of famous rich people it's most of the time it's very rare do people just only have old money um especially in the u s most of the people that are the top one percent was never there like for more than uh even a thirteen year gap so it 's usually over time accumulated okay there's exceptions um with that. And it's usually always within one generation. It wasn't just, you know, multi-generation. Turn with me real quick to Proverbs twenty to twenty. Yeah, managed yeah, managed poorly yeah. and manage, there's yeah, a lot of loss. Okay, um, with that too. Um, Proverbs twenty verses twenty-one. Okay, Proverbs twenty verse twenty-one says an inheritance gained hurtily at the beginning will not be blessed in the end. Okay. Um, I think for me the One of the means That's in our society In the west That's the quickest way For people to make A lot of money Like out of nowhere From zero to hero Is actually usually The lotto Right uh, The lotto But you also see Statistically most people um, What happened? They lose it In fact those people That usually do well When they get the lotto Is those people That still continue To do work Where they stay in their job Or they went to another job Right They were still doing Something um, With that So I think you do see this means, okay? Another thing is also by sales. Selling thing is also, it's not as if it's unbiblical, okay? Proverbs 23, verse 23, okay? Proverbs 23, verse 23. When you sell something, when you think about it, what what does it mean to sell something? It means you're actually saying, I want this enough so much, I'm willing to give this thing that I value less for it, okay? Now, emotionally, you might feel, you know, more emotionally attached to what you give up. Uh, more than other things okay but still you see what when you sell things when there's a transaction business-wise is this person says you know what I have a lot of shoes that I make I'm willing to give this up for this amount of money and that person says, I have this money but I value having a shoe enough whether so I could do well good health so I could actually go to work except that I'm willing to fork it out okay but it's not an unbiblical thing. Now, there's some economists out there, Marxists and stuff like that. And unfortunately, there's even some Christian in the name of social justice say they make it as if selling thing is a bad thing. Okay. But biblically, it's not a wrong way. It's not like totally seen as unvirtuous. Proverbs 23 verse 23 says this. Proverbs twenty three twenty three. This is what God's word says. For the Lord will plead the case and take the life Whoa, sorry, wrong one Proverbs 23, 23 Buy truth and do not sell it Get wisdom and instruction and understanding Okay, So here is saying a hey, buy God's truth By the way, part of good business is also You want to have what in capitalism Information is a valuable commodity too, right? And it's not just only physical goods with that So here, you know, truth is very important Even for business, even for Christian life You want to know what God's word really says, right? Um, so it's valuable And it's even saying hey It's even worth buying Okay It's even worth buying Okay with that So you see the art of uh, The um the process that we call selling things Or buying things In and itself is not what Sinful Okay Turn from me also as well Proverbs 31 verse 24 Proverbs 31 verse 24 Okay Proverbs 31 verse 24 Okay um, Proverbs 31 verse 24 If I could have uh, Christopher Would uh, would you be able to read Proverbs 31 verse 24? Sure yeah. She makes linen garments And sells them She delivers stashers To the merchant Yeah So we see here Proverbs You know again In the context Proverbs 31 is talking about A noble and godly wife Part of the many things That she does She takes care of her family If she also is what Involved with business transaction Right? Um, she's selling things What is she selling? Clothes Okay. She's supplying things to tradesmen Okay. So unlike today I know sometimes even Christians could feel so virtuous By demonizing people that are in business Or sometimes even people say Oh I look down on someone that's a salesman I think maybe that's not fully biblical Or even godly I think the biblical view is Every job is important Okay, Every job is important We should not say, okay, this person, his business Is not involved with quote unquote Helping people He's not a marine, he's not a police officer He's not a pastor, oh therefore You're not essential or not important But I think God's word says no Every part of it is important It is valuable Okay, It is valuable In fact, I think for me as a Christian I do want people to be affluent Even more well than me More wealthy, because why? because then, therefore people could what in wealth uh create more job right um could create things people could enjoy like artwork like like um like you know uh, goods and services right Cars and everything else And then if other people have cars Then things are more cheaper For even me If I'm going to be a little bit more poor Does that make sense? So there's a sense There's no need for envy Which is going to be What we talk about uh, Politics and economics of envy In one of the weeks Down the road Okay um, Let's also look Another means Of accumulating Is uh, wealth Is not just sales Is um, Which also supports capital Is also saving Okay um, Saving Is is something that is also not seen as a bad thing okay um there's even a political party uh right now that also says hey you know we want to put more what um taxation of people handing down when people what pass away um their wealth and therefore the government should have more of their share but you see that part of accumulating wealth sometimes yes it is true it's handed down but that handing down Presupposes there is such thing as saving. Turn with me, to Proverbs 13, verse 21 to 23. Proverbs uh, 13 verses 21 to 23. Huey, would you be able to read Proverbs 13 verses 21 to 23? Proverbs 13 verses 21 to 23. Misfortune pursues the sinners. Prosperity is a reward of the righteous. A good man lives an inheritance for his children's children. But a wealth is stored up for the righteous. Poor man's field may produce abundant food, but justice swept it away. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, here it does show. I want to focus on verse 22, right? You know, that hey, sometimes there are those that... You know, not everyone that leaves wealth for their children, you could say, is ungodly. Because here it says, a good man leaves what? An inheritance for his children. And even his children's children, okay? Um, and even the wealth stored up for this uh, sinner sometimes is transferred to the righteous, okay? Uh, with that. So you do see that saving is one way of people, what? Accumulating um, riches, right? Accumulating riches. Um, um, I did read a book... Uh, some time ago, about how um, in looking at America's millionaire, it's not what we picture, you know, like we watch TV reality TV show, right? There's reality TV shows I've never watched it, I've only heard about it, right? Keeping up with the Kardashians, where we picture every millionaire lives like that. And his book actually was saying about how most millionaires are actually in America, or un- uh, the author was so surprised, were actually quite frugal. Um, that they even uh, spend less, you know, you know, like those um, really expensive suits. There's been studies that's been done. People that wear things like the, we call million dollar suits, it's actually less millionaires buy it. It's actually more people that don't make millions buy it. Okay, I think I actually think in our country um, the income gap, even though there's might be a lot of gap, but I think people's access to goods and services. Um is a lot more equal than you realize okay in fact, I think a lot of things that are really nice is sometimes purchased by people that is not of that class quote unquote but somehow they're able to access that through wealth and through loans over time that kind of thing okay um, with that so here we see saving okay um, saving is a big means of accumulating um, for my wife and I the way we live is always give first save, spend give save spend. As soon as paycheck, I think that's a biblical Christian model Give, then save, then spend And I think God honors that, okay Um, So in light of this, let's now go over Four kinds of people in a biblical economy And this is, why I say this is very important Is this, what I've just taught right now There are going to be people This is, you know, I think 2020 This is my most controversial teaching But please understand, I'm not trying to be controversial To be mean, it's because I think If we have the wrong view If we're driven by envy then we have class conflict, and that could create more problem as we'll go over the next few weeks. Okay, I'm doing this by the way as someone. Um, I'm not bragging. I, I, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but you know, growing up, you know, we were very poor. My parents was, you know, we grew up in the Kingerman Projects in El Monte. Um, when our church had some people that live in El Monte, when I finally told them, they were like, "Wow, we didn't think you were. We thought you lived in North El Monte, the nicer area where all the, you know, Asian guys live." But you know what? This is one of the things I am actually very grateful For the system A biblical economic system Again, it's not perfect in our world But one of this is I think is this is the greatest way Of people getting out of poverty um, Than any other I'm so glad I don't live in the feudal system Okay? I'm so glad You know, my parents are very glad We don't live in a Marxist system Okay? So sometimes people would say The system that I'm teaching Not only do they misrepresent it Sometimes they would also say Hey, but it's not good it's still not good because in the system, then are you saying people that are not hard working that, hey, that means that there might be such thing as unvirtuous poor? And then in, in their system, they think it, politically, there is no such thing as, well, every poor person is virtuous, right? And every person that's rich is like ungodly. So I want to look at these four groups of kinds of people to show that if your objection to capitalism is because of any of those classification then this is not what the Bible teaches. Because the Bible teaches there are four kinds of people. There's the unvirtuous rich. There are such things, as, secondly, as virtuous rich. There's also the virtuous poor. And also yet, unvirtuous poor. When we look at these categories, I would actually say that our society today downplay the virtuous rich as a category. And they also downplay the idea. It's almost politically incorrect and almost taboo to say there's such thing as what? The unvirtuous poor. But again, please don't throw stones at me. I'm saying the Bible does teach us actually such these things. By the way, let me say this also. As well. Just because I teach this does not mean therefore you go and easily say, oh, you're, you're poor, therefore you're right away automatically, you're ungodly and rich. Um, even growing up. There's been people that I've also felt Like kind of were looking down on me for instance Or my family with that So we have to be very careful okay None of these things should be justifying bigotry okay I hope you guys hear the tone of my voice very clearly And when I'm teaching my desires to be biblical It's not to be bigotry okay uh, You can't say therefore someone's rich Right away you look down and say Oh that's because you have it well and, there, and therefore look down upon them And say my journey of life is more harder And I have much more experience Yeah that's true but there is such thing as virtuous rich And unvirtuous um, rich also as well Okay So I hope you understand I'm not trying to teach this to say It's easily discernible Okay It's not e- I would actually say it's very It's almost inscrutable sometimes too Okay um, Because we're all born By the way you guys realize in nature We're in nature is very Well maybe we'll cover this too Nature We're born in a very what Naturally unequal thing but we're trying to achieve that And I think the best means Is the means that I've said earlier here Now with government redistribution And all that kind of thing, okay Unless you want us to be equally poor But let's go on There's four uh, categories, okay There are such things as Unvirtuous rich Unvirtuous rich, okay Turn with me real quick to Proverbs 19.10 Okay Proverbs 19.10 uh, Could I have um, Proverbs 19.10 Could I have Leanne read that for me? Proverbs 19.10 It is not fitting for a fool to live in luxury, much less for a slave to rule over princes. Yeah, okay. So here you see that hey, there is such thing as those who are, what? Foolish rich, right? They're not virtuous. We would not consider foolishness is a character or sign of being virtuous. It would actually be something we consider as unvirtuous. And of course, those who are foolish, they're probably going to be, what? Spending their money unwisely. Um, You know there's other things where they would lose So here we see there is such a category As what Um, Foolish rich But I also would say Just because we could identify it Doesn't mean therefore what We could force to take their money Okay They're probably going to be unwise And you know The consequence of that They'll face themselves without us Saying okay therefore Right because that sometimes is hard And by the way Just because someone is virtuous Don't mean they're always virtuous right People in different times of their life Might be unvirtuous rich but then later on They're older They might get their acts together A little more wiser A little more mature That kind of thing Okay um, Other things is You know um, Unvirtuous Is also hedonism Right it Is also described That if you're living A hedonistic lifestyle According to Proverbs is not seen as A virtuous thing It's actually seen as Unvirtuous And there's also Consequences with that too Turn with me to Proverbs 21 verse 17 Proverbs 21 verse 17 Mrs. Burton Would you be able to read Proverbs 21 verse 17 Proverbs 21 verse 17 Proverbs 21 verse 17 He who loves pleasure Will be a poor man He who loves wine and oil Will not be rich Yeah so you see that Okay Um, Again uh, Showing the category Very clearly that is what There is such thing as Unvirtuous rich There's also virtuous rich Okay I'm gonna step up a little bit quicker okay I'll turn with me real quick to proverbs 15 verse 6 proverbs 15 verse 6 and I'm gonna just read this for the sake of time okay I want to show you that there is such a category as those that are what virtuous and are rich okay so it is not if you look at um, the economy through Marx's lens, you would say anyone that it has more is what is like almost committing the unpardonable sin. But Scripture makes it clear that what? That is not biblical, okay? Um, Proverbs 15, verse 6. Okay? Proverbs, sorry. Proverbs 15, verse 6. This is what God's Word says, okay? Um, Great wealth is in the house of the righteous, but trouble is in the income of the wicked, okay? Okay? Again, remember, sometimes when we look at people's life, we only take a snapshot. You say, hey, why is this ungodly person still has a lot of money? Well, that's at this stage in life. And nobody stays equal, you guys realize? Or no one stays in place. People are always fluctuating how much we have, right? I'm going to go after dinner tonight grab a dinner and i'm going to be short what i don't know ten dollars right so money is is not stagnant people's things. so we can't just take a snapshot and just say oh therefore it's frozen therefore always the rich will always be rich the poor will always be poor the unrighteous will always be no scripture says eventually there is an outcome With that also notice here there is such thing as people that are righteous and do they do have what valuable possession okay um for the sake of time i'm going to go much more faster Third category, there is such thing as virtuous poor. You can't say anyone that everyone that's poor is because oh you're wicked and ungodly, and therefore you deserve it. Okay, no, there's no such it is that is not a biblical category. Turn with me real quick to Proverbs Um 19, verse 22. Again, Proverbs 19, verse 22. Proverbs 19, verse 22. This is what it says. Um what is desirable in a man is his kindness, and it is better. To be a poor man than a liar. Okay, it's saying here is a comparison. Saying should we lie? Remember, lying and fraud is not a God-honoring way of what possession of accumulating wealth or acquiring goods and services. And saying what it's better not to what to lie. It's better not to do that. In fact, if someone is to be less affluent, right? Part of being uh, poor or rich is actually a relative term. It's a comparison. Term of comparison According to an average According to a median Or according to what? Another individual So in this You see that In light of this There is such thing As what? The virtuous um, Less affluent Which we might even call The virtuous poor Okay? And also there's Biblically there are those Who are unvirtuous poor Okay? Also as well If you guys could turn with me Real quick Um, I mean there's so many Okay? Um, One is through Right? Through the means of what? What? Of laziness Right Of laziness um, Turn with me real quick To uh, Proverbs 26 Verses 13 to 16 Actually uh, Proverbs 22 I'll just look at Proverbs 22 verse 13 Just shorter verse Okay I mean there's so many of this um, The sluggers say there's a what Lying outside And I'll be killed in the street Right um, One who's sluggard, Who's lazy Is, is not going to be what Going out there and making what um, of, of being affluent. So you see, there's many of this. Okay, in fact, scripture talks a lot about the consequences of those that do not work hard. Okay, so you see, there is such thing, even though it's unpopular. And I think the liberals sometimes do have things right. Like you cannot automatically knee jerk says everyone is, is what is rich. We don't want to be that kind of incompassionate conservatism. But at the same time, I also think it's important to realize, yeah, there is such thing. It's hard to tell And I actually think This is one of the reasons Why I argue That government policies Is very di- dangerous To say To help people Because it, it's hard To make a distinction When the government Does something People then say Hey We have a right to that Or we don't have a right to it Or th- things like that And what, it, it's hard With that So I think At least with this thing We established there are These four kinds of people All these points We covered tonight I think does establish A biblical um, Support For capitalism Uh, with that